One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Go baby go! It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a senior reporter, producer for Decider.com, and we are still in the quarantine. Literally nothing has changed in almost seven months. Do not go outside. Always wear a mask. Please vote for literally every Democrat on the ballot. I am sorry for getting political up top, but you know we're going to get all that out of the way. So that we can actually have a fun, delightful hour talking about something other than the hell that we are living in. hey Oh my god. Anyway, this week, I am joined by, from Shudder's Scare Package, Frank Garcia-Hale. Hello, Frank. Hello. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you only care about the world and everybody in it. It's okay, Brett. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore either. So I'm... I... <laughs> It's tiring. It's exhausting. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just like I, we were talking before this, you know, I just lived through orange skies and ash <laughs> on my car because I'm out here in California. And uh, yeah, it's not where, it's not great where climate change is a real thing that's actually happening while we're having uh, racially motivated and justified uh, riots and uh-huh. a pandemic all at the same time. Yeah, it's real. It's literally the third act of a movie, and I'm hoping that the good guys win. So, no, yeah, we we've lived through the Empire Strikes Back. We are now ready for the Return <laughs> of the Jedi. I need my right. like cute. I need my cute Ewok teddy bears to come on. I, I need, need something. To, yeah. <laughs> I but need... as we know, it's not always Ewoks uh, dancing after that. Because then, twenty years later, something, oh, no, yeah. some other bullshit happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like same Nazis just keep coming back. Right. That's the one <laughs> thing that. Keep... That annoyed me about people that were mad at the sequel trilogy of like, I don't understand why they're angry about why the Empire keeps coming back and why they keep blowing up planets. I'm like, listen, we for the past 80 years, we have dealt with Nazis and nuclear weapons like that is yeah. it. That is real life is you cannot <laughs> stop. Evil will always exist and there's got to be people to, you know. Yeah. To take, you know, to, to be on the good side so that it doesn't take over. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So what is what is going on in the world of Frank? Um, You know, well, it's it's uh, I'm still, you know, like any actor or writer uh, looking for work. I, I've been working here and there, but mostly it's just been doing my two podcasts that I have. Uh, is this time for plugs? Yeah, or? Can we go for it. <laughs> Why not get into it? We're, yeah. OK, well, Plug one of the podcasts I had. Yeah, one of the po- podcasts I ho- co-host with uh, Jeff Garlock, who you and I both knew from uh, UCB New York. A huge chunk of these Star Wars figures are from Jeff Garlock's childhood collection. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Uh, 
just right there. But yeah, I I uh I co-host this podcast with him about the 80s production company Canon Films. Oh, yes. Very infamous production company in the 80s who you probably know for a lot of Chuck Norris movies. Cyborg? Uh, Didn't they do Cyborg? Cyborg. Yep. Uh, that which was actually supposed to be the sequel to Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. Which was the movie that they released. That's another big movie from Canon Films. Uh, Superman 4, one of the worst yeah. superhero films of all time. We had Michael Hartney on. Whoops. Hold on. We had Michael Hartney on. Uh, I just bumped the mic. But yeah, we had Michael Hartney on to talk about Superman 4 because, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Garlock and I, every week we host this podcast with sometimes we have guests and uh, they come on to talk about these very we we do it through the lens of now too we love these movies as kids but you know as adults with children too and the way the world is and how you evolve we're like ooh <laughs> some of this is very problematic yeah, uh, very, bad. <laughs> yeah very bad uh, there's a, a few that are pretty terrible but uh you know it, it's a fun podcast that we do and it's it's cool to revisit a lot of these movies and then the other podcast i do is another niche podcast that I host with another UCB uh, fellow UCB person that I met there, is Pat O'Brien. You might know for Funny or Die, uh, the shirtless painter, uh, long-haired businessman, uh, and it's called uh, the Smashing Pumpcast, where we talk about the music of the Smashing Pumpkins. Is it an uh, album by album, fans. or is it like just? Yeah, well, every- it's pretty much everything. Right now, we we covered the demo tapes up to the albums and we're about to release the episode on Pisces Iscariot. And then we're going to do a, a melancholy episode and DC Pearson's going to join us for one of those. Uh, we have an interview with Melissa Joan Hart coming up as well. Uh, she's a, a fan. So yeah, the smashing pump cast, I don't know. We're, we're fans. Uh, it's a little, uh, some people are embarrassed to say they're fans of smashing pumpkins, but we decided to start a podcast. No, I mean like, we love them. You know, Oasis is one of my favorite bands of all time. So, yeah. like, I uh, didn't they release "Standing on the Shoulder of Giants" and what was their album from two thousand? Adore or that was Machina. Machine, yeah, like they released them at like the same day or something, the same time. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember buying both of those <laughs> yeah. uh, around the same time and uh, kind of having that same feeling of being like, I know I like this. But there's also not, it's not the same band. Yeah, like, what is happening? There's a lot of loops and stuff on these albums. Yes. They're very 2000. That's another band that, uh, Oasis, that you say you love Oasis and people kind of like, be like, okay. And like, we hit it off being (laughs) Oasis fans. I know we've always talked about You have to listen to the master plan. The B-sides are always better than the (laughs) single. (laughs) That's what we talked about on this Pisces Iscariot show that, because that's their B-sides album, Smashing Pumpkins. And I said, uh, there were a, a handful of bands like uh, Pearl Jam, yeah. Oasis, uh, uh, Nirvana that I was always like, I got to collect these B-sides because at that time in the 90s, these bands were releasing B-sides that were just as good as their singles. Yeah. They and Master cared. Plan works as a great album. Yeah, it's my it's one of my favorite Christmas albums just because it came out, I think, in November. So I always associate it with Christmas. Right. <laughs> but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week we're going to be traveling <laughs> To December 9th, 1965, a patch of blue ruled the box office. Turn, turn, turn by the birds topped the charts. And CBS aired the Munsters episode, Will Success Spoil Herman Munster. Frank, you must have seen Will Success Spoil Herman Munster before today. 
I I'm pretty sure that I have. Uh, I was raised on television, especially syndicated television yeah. during the day. At a, a you know, I am a child of a single mother who worked a lot, uh, and you know, TV was my babysitter, and I was a big fan of syndicated sixties. Oh yeah, God, fifties, you sixties, know, seventies television. And the Munsters was one of the ones that I really loved. However, and and you're you're in this boat with me. I'm more of an Adams family yeah. fan. Yeah, of course. I'm an Adams ride or died, but <laughs> but not uh I, I like to um you know, I like to advocate for, you know, we can like both the Monsters and we can like Adam's family. I did. So, like, last year, last Halloween, I did an article, like, trying to figure out which came first, the Monsters or the Adam's family. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. literally, it is. So, like, what I found is that they both were the first in different mediums because both the Adam's family sitcom and the Monsters movies come from Charles Adams comic strips from the 30s and Universal's monster movies of the 30s. So, like, because Monsters is a universal show, and the reason there's a sitcom is because in the 60s, they were like, what the fuck are we going to do with these characters? I don't know. Put them in a sitcom. Um, And so, like, it really was kind of a something was in the water at the time because I realized that also the same week that Adams Family and Monsters premiered, Bewitched also premiered. And then, I think my my favorite Martian either premiered the same year or the year before and i dream of genie came a year after so it wasn't so much that there were spooky ghoul family sitcoms there was just supernatural everything (laughs) like yeah you know what's weird though if you watch the pilot of the monsters my fair monster right Mm -hmm. uh that's what it's called yeah if you watch that it is a lot closer to the adams family yeah and they definitely, I mean, who, uh, you know, Lily, or I guess Phoebe in the, the pilot mm-hmm. <laughs> looks almost identical, you know, to Morticia. And the tone was different. Eddie is like little, you know, like a little beast, you know, he's mean, <laughs> he's angry all the time. And it, it, it's, it definitely has a different feeling. So I, I like the way they adjusted it. I, I still feel like the Adams family was sharper with its comedy. It was yes. a little bit more savvy yeah. and Munsters was a little bit more broad, you know? Yeah. It is, that is very, that's very much the, the, the comedic style. And I think it's also enough to really separate them as they're their own things. Like they're always going to be mm-hmm. linked together because they, you know, debuted and ended in the exact same years <laughs> like, yeah it's the deep impact in uh yeah. you know armageddon of tv you know but also what i monster love tv so like adam's family was abc and monsters was cbs and then they were uh-huh. both they were both taken out by the competition so like abc put batman on against um the monsters took it out cbs put hogan's heroes on against adam's family took it oh, out damn. so it's like each network laser targeted to like take the other monster <laughs> show out right and then batman and hogan's heroes like ran like they you know had a yeah. longer time both Although, adams and this only lasted two seasons. two seasons but still because and it's then, the 60s it's like 70 episodes right exactly <laughs> right exactly it's fully but then nuts. also what's interesting about it is when the monsters today when they rebooted it cause yeah that was the fad in the the late 80s early 90s was to reboot all these you know like where are they now yeah. and like kind of 
bring him back Still like the, the leave beef. it to beaver one yeah yeah the, exactly uh the new monkeys all this shit that they used to bring <laughs> back which i watched you know religiously oh yeah but that that monsters reboot or the yeah the continuation where they get frozen in time and they wake up in the 80s it's yeah. so weird it's so weird <laughs> But they that lasted one more what? season than the original yeah. show. And then That's the crazy. the Adams family had their late nineties like family channel reboot and it also lasted yeah. longer than the original. So also the fact that they both had sequel series that outlasted the originals that no it's one remembers. So funny. <laughs> and then Brian Singer, oi. Oh right. Uh, hashtag canceled. Uh he oh, no, did Brian the Mockingbird Lane. Brian Fuller. What? The good Brian. Brian Fuller. Oh sorry. Oh God. Thank you so yes. much. We saved okay, it. We good, saved good. it at the end. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank I <laughs> I wrote that down wrong and I'm so glad that you <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't remember I was like credit. that was Singer because I thought it yeah, Brian Fuller pushing days uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah good. perfect yeah yeah perfect for that yeah the jerry o'connell uh portia de rossi um who else oh uh eddie izzard right oh yeah eddie. Grandpa. Oh, God, that's great and it didn't go anywhere yeah Did- i i really like brian fuller yeah <laughs> fuller yeah fuller fuller, um, fuller. easy on the pepsi uh Ugh. but yeah i <laughs> I, I i seriously oh man i'm so glad you corrected me on that because at first i was like well, good. It didn't go to series. Yeah, no. Yeah, fuck that guy. No, but poor Brian yeah. Fuller. He has a string of shows that he either left or got canceled. He, uh, he, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, dragging Brian Fuller is the new no. Um, but anyway, yeah, I did grow up on Monsters. I think Monsters hit Nick at Night first. Adam's Family didn't. I think Adam's Family was a TV Land show. I don't think it ever aired Nick at Night. So I was more of a Monsters kid growing up. But I mm-hmm. love the Adam's Family movies because being kids yeah. of the eighties and early nineties those movies were everything those movies were lit <laughs> i still love those movies they're really good they're very good yeah. um but this week on must have seen tv we'll be talking about the monsters episode will success spoil herman monster it is the 12th episode of season two and it was written by lou shaw and joe Connolly and bob mosher and directed by ezra stone here's how peacock describes the episode a local <laughs> dj wants to make herman a singing star frank how accurate is that description sort of <laughs> that's very vague <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it. it's kind of, but that's the episode too. The episode's pretty vague too. It's just yeah. kind of a lot of like happenstance and confusion. And I think I, I, from what I remember of the monsters, and it's been a while since I've watched the monsters, this felt like maybe not the strongest episode <laughs> of the series. Oh, it's in no. its second season. It's kind of towards its mid season, you know, uh, it's coming towards the end of the run. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, and like, it almost kind of feels like it. <laughs> well, the other episode, so I did the monsters a couple years ago um, mm-hmm. with Megan K, and we talked about the episode where Herman becomes like a baseball player, a baseball star, okay. and and our like takeaway from that was like episode so so the vibe and like title design a plus. <laughs> yeah, like we really we really uh, praised the show's choice of font. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's great um i did yeah, want to bring no, up it. oh because i so like this is a very very minuscule fact but i want to talk about director ezra stone who i did not realize okay. this until right now um so as listeners of the podcast and people that uh follow me on social media know i won't stop shutting up about um i'm writing a book about hayden rourke from my dream of genie <laughs> nice. and he was in the irving berlin world war ii 
join the army, but you're going to put on a musical, touring musical, This is the Army. And it was directed by Ezra Stone, who went on to direct the monsters i just found out while doing the notes for this episode and wow. i just think that that is so cool that in the 60s in hollywood there were all these world war ii veterans like working in sitcoms and like their gig in world war ii was putting on shows yeah <laughs> yeah i love didn't that. see any combat no. other than like maybe if they were in a performing at a place that got bombed you know yeah. it's like they got to see yeah. the so like i have uh uh hayden's hayden's brother-in-law so the the half brothers of his partner just have sent me like over a hundred of their world war ii photographs they took while they were touring overseas in italy and iran and egypt and all these places and so like it is very that of like they're there to put on a show sometimes they're in the middle of ruins so they're seeing the aftermath of battle but they're never actually seeing battle themselves but they do have to wake up and do like basic training and shit every day yeah that's basically like my mom when she was in the army you know she was in the army in you know 75 through 80 you know and so she didn't really see any action of vietnam yeah yeah (laughs) she was stationed in germany and got to go to all these places so it's like kind of like that she did not perform though, but she did buy a lot of albums that she brought back with her. Oh hell yeah! Uh, that were really awesome. <laughs> Same thing, music all over. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the episode. So I just thought that that was interesting. I'm gonna have to write more about Ezra Stone when I get into this book. And if you want to hear more about Ezra Stone, listeners, go back to my legendary gaze of sitcom history, Hayden Rourke episode from June, because I do talk a little bit more about this is the army. Um. That is the dawn of this journey that I am now. Uh, embarking on i am after we talk frank i'll be calling the doctor that treated hayden when he died (laughs) (laughs) because i've tracked him down i've lost my mind in quarantine man anyway the episode opens hey we all have yeah Yeah. i I got in a fight with the guy from dilbert and he you know uh the guy who created (laughs) dilbert and all his dumbass minions started tweeting at me and threatening me and, oh my god uh, you know they were like who are you and i'm like trust me i know and they're <laughs> like yeah yeah this celebrity this quote writer actor and i'm like yeah yeah no yeah, yeah nobody's gonna tell you that more than me yeah so, no like there's nothing you have no power i didn't ask for this <laughs> like yeah god fuck dilbert Dumb um tweet burts the episode opens with grandpa is messing with um his instant weather machine which is not a beep lot this is like it, it, it comes it's like a running joke wait <laughs> is that a running joke though like i don't remember that from the show is he trying to take over the world no oh no it's like a running joke in this episode because like it comes back again oh, halfway right. through but like it's not enough to be a full plot it's more like a joke they keep making twice <laughs> there's a lot of that in here yeah. in this episode i but yeah because i was like wait did grandpa like I almost said Grandpa Lewis, Al Lewis. That's basically the Butch same thing. Patrick, uh, Al Lewis were the two earliest names I remember from sitcoms <laughs> that always stood out to me. But, They're you good know, names. Grandpa Munster, uh, I didn't remember if that was like a goal of his to take over the world, which wasn't really a Dracula plot, but, you know, it's whatever. It's pinky and the brain. <laughs> like it's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, trying, trying to take over to the weather. The world. Herman comes home and... This there's the um the type of joke of the monsters is opposite day jokes basically like Herman comes mm-hmm. home and he's like oh I went outside for a walk the weather is horrible but then all of a sudden it started raining like and that's yeah. kind of you have to um basically opposite day <laughs> is the running gag of the monsters <laughs> when they say bad they mean good except when they say bad and mean bad which we'll get to 
Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very weird. Um. Well, I just Zoom just said my internet connection is unstable. Your internet connection is unstable. Zoom. Yeah, mine said it too. Um. Herman comes home and he finds out that Eddie is playing with a tape recorder. Oh, no, oh, jeez. Oh God. Are we good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Eddie's playing with a tape recorder. <laughs> And yeah. it, it is a huge tape recorder, and I have to ask, who lugs that around? I mean, kids of the 60s, man. Like, that's what you had. You know, w- with us growing up, we had the little ones, the handheld ones, or you had a talk boy. Yeah. Or talk girl, you know. Yeah, you but know, like, talk that's person. Something that, yeah, a talk person. Yeah. Um, but... You, but, like, I remember having that, and, like, you know, like kids do, they pretend like they have their own radio shows and whatnot. <gasps> We're pretending we have our own radio shows now. I know, that's <laughs> what I was like. My next note is, like, Herman, like, Eddie is like, hey, talking to the microphone, and Herman's embarrassed. And I'm like, hey, yeah. man, you're going to have to get over that embarrassment if you want to have a podcast, Herman Monster. <laughs> exactly. Hey, who are your guys? Um, <laughs> uh. But <laughs> but I think that, because uh, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But what was funny to me about that, tape recorder is it had a pretty like decent mic attached to it yeah and i was like man the audio quality seems to be pretty crisp uh if he recorded it that well i was like man maybe those tape recorders back in the day we know that's not true but (laughs) But, i I just thought it was funny that the episode posited that yeah i mean i did like that microphone it's really cool microphone but it's also like it's that huge reel to reel type like tape setup like that's so yeah uh so i when i was a kid i did I had a my I had I inherited one of my sister's like boom boxes that had like the dual tape thing in the front where you could like record tapes to each other. Oh and yeah. And I would I would do things like I would record my own X Men stories where I did all the voices and all the sound effects. And then I was like, uh-huh. this is too much work. So then I just created audio tape of the X Men cartoon by holding the recorder up to the TV and yeah. then drawing the labels. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my entire childhood was because i did not have friends i just had the television <laughs> yeah you can't see it right now but i am wearing my oh, x-men t-shirt i have that t-shirt i know which one that is just from the colors of the logo that's how deep this sickness goes <laughs> yeah it was at this point though that i did i do want to shout out fred Gwynn for having to act through all that makeup and body padding yeah it's if you look at the pilot it's not as heavy but they Man, they lather it on. And I think Fred Gwynn is very funny as mm-hmm. uh, Herman Munster. And he, that laugh, I, I love his delivery. The character choice that he makes for Herman Munster is genuinely funny. Yeah. It's, it is also another point of diversion from the Adams family because you cannot get as far away from Gomez and Marticia as Herman and Lily Munster. <laughs> like, there yeah. is, you know, it's, yeah, and it's funny too because I I had such big crushes on Morticia and Lily, and I think it like influenced later in life like what my attraction was to certain <laughs> people uh, or aesthetics, you know, yeah. like between the Munsters and uh, and Adams family, just like very attracted to people who have that kind of aesthetic, like dark energy. But like Gomez and Morticia are obviously fucking like right all the time. And 
Lily is Herman's mother, basically. Like it. Basically, yeah. He's a man child. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of well, you know, it is a little bit of a it plays into sitcom tropes yeah. that would come a lot later. You know, with you know the the hot wife and the fat. You know, yeah, uh, just, not to shame, but you know, like that, no, that kind of dynamic. He is Kevin James. I do think it is kind yeah. of funny <laughs> that people. There is also a very sketch-like component to the structure of the monsters. Like, this oh, yeah. episode is essentially like, what if Herman got successful? And then they just, like, play that game, like, hard. Um, Absolutely. That's getting a little... So, he, he gets successful by... he Eddie goes to sleep, and he's like, that microphone's right there. Let me just imitate an elephant real quick. That everyone calls I, an ape? <laughs> I didn't understand. I did not get the... Yeah, that joke to me i wrote down is this funny i I was like who we have the canned laughter there to indicate that it is but to me it felt like something that you would see in a horror film like you know the grudge or yeah uh hereditary where it's kind of disturbing and weird and you're like why is this happening like why uh uh-uh he's beating his chest like king kong and screaming like an elephant at the microphone and then the opening credits play (laughs) <laughs> yeah which i love the opening credits because uh oh. members of the wrecking crew are you familiar with the oh wrecking yeah crew? yeah they're right the, they're one of the greatest studio bands or like studio musicians it's a really great documentary yep. about them that is probably still fantastic on fantastic documentary fantastic book uh i wish i could write a movie about them one day but it's very hard with how many members are a part of that how do you make a movie about that <laughs> however love and mercy the movie love and mercy does do a good job of like showing the sessions of pet sounds that they played on oh, yeah. uh love the wrecking crew but members of that played on this and you can tell because it's just got that that style it's just tight it, it, i love that theme song the theme song totally uh slaps and it's a bop <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's totally of its time but it's so good well i mean it's so good that that who was it panic at the disco or someone yeah like was it or panic wait. at the disco or was it like fallout boy i think it was fallout boy it's one of those because it was for the back. song Uma Thurman. It Uma Thurman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember because that was kind of after I. Oh, that's. The, that, whole, that whole movement missed me a honestly, little bit. Honestly, if it is pop rock of the past 15 years, I don't know it. Like, they're yeah. like, every time I go to karaoke, all the people I karaoke with will sing Mr. Brightside with a sense of like nostalgia that I am. Mm hmm totally removed from because from my point of view in college the killers were fake ass posers who were influenced by the strokes who were in my opinion the real deal which i do think comparatively they were the real deal like brandon flowers literally said i started the killers after hearing the strokes so like i wasn't wrong which is weird because they sound nothing like the strokes but the same ideas behind it with new order type influences and new wave influences that they you know give credit where credit's due they did kind of create their own sound that was then imitated it's the whole pearl jam thing you know it's like yeah you're taking elements and creating your own but then it gets bastardized as it goes on and all of a sudden you end up with creed and puddle of mud and you're like dear (laughs) god what did we do we didn't mean to do Um, this (laughs) oh no it started out so pure Uh, um uh but but yeah yeah. the (laughs) now the opening credits are just great they have a new album out oh yeah you you know and you know what I've let all my old college rock DJ uh, grudges. They're gone. Like, yeah, you know, me too. I don't. You know what? People can like Avril Lavigne, and I'm fine with that. I That's something I've grown up uh, I don't to care. realize too, Brett. 
absolutely. I'm I'm not as picky or I'm not so snobby about being like, and also my own musical tastes have grown uh, over the years of just being like, you know what? I just <laughs> yeah. don't care. If you like that, cool. So what? Especially now during the pandemic. Go for it. I'm like, whatever brings you joy, <laughs> Jesus Christ. please. I listen to nothing but <laughs> my most listened to albums of the summer are like RuPaul original singles. Uh, Carly nice. Rae Jepsen's dedicated side B and the Birds of Prey soundtrack. So like, oh man, I love that Birds of Prey it's soundtrack. I got great. To, I saw that movie twice in the theaters yeah. just so I could hear those fight scenes with the music. God, uh, the just Black because Betty. the sound system. Uh, oh man. Anytime you're seeing like Margot Robbie beat someone up with a bat and confiscated cocaine to a cover yeah. of Black Betty, it's great. <laughs> and I am not even. I am not a Halsey fan whatsoever. I don't get, no. you know, I'm like, what is her deal? Like, why does she host SNL? Like, all yeah. this other stuff. But, however, I'm like, that song in the movie during Fuck that it. scene is very, very it's great. awesome. It's, it's great. badass. So, yeah. I, Loved th it. This is all uh, on topic because this is an episode all about music and rock and roll music. And yep. and it does it does <laughs> did not fit. deviate. No, it does fit because it has one of the greatest rock songs of all time as the opening credits. It's such a great yeah. song. And this is the season two right. opening where Herman smashes through the door and then they all exit through the door through the hole he's left like a cartoon character. Um, yep. <laughs> so now we wait. I have a question. Uh, yeah. Why why do they have Eddie Munster holding a giant <laughs> bat? I feel like is that a reference to another? Like sitcom or something? Well, yeah, because the Donna he, Reed show... He comes out and he, is, like, swings the bat like he's, like, the little tyke. Is that a... I haven't seen... Oh, okay. That makes sense, then. Oh, well, because, like, it's supposed... Lily is supposed to be handing, like, out the lunches, like, the Donna Reed show, right? I think yeah, it's that's a season Reed one, show. yeah. Right, think, where yeah. she's handing out the lunches to everybody going out the door, and that's... They're mirroring that with Lily. Um... And they, I guess, okay, that makes sense then. Because if the little boy on the Donna Reed show had a bat, yeah. then it's like, hey, let's really go for it and make <laughs> yeah. it giant. They really, like, the Monsters is all about committing to your dumb bits and just not oh, letting yeah. go. <laughs> uh, so Herman <laughs> is now fully obsessed with this recorder. He's got a guitar out. He's singing Dry Bones. And it's more like a Frankenstein. Which actually kind of sounds good. I wrote, he has a good voice. <laughs> I thought so yeah. too. I was like, hey, this is, this is kind of groovy, you know? I was like, the knee is bone connected to the hip bone. I'm like, surprised what? that no one, I need to get previous guests Sampled of the pod, it. Dan Chamberlain, to do like a Halloween remix of oh, this. Oh, hell yeah. Cause he would do he that. He would be perfect for yeah. that. So he's like doing this dry bones thing. Um, everyone in the house is like, reacting the the monster dragon in the staircase is spot spot is like flaring out that effect is all, like you only have to record that effect once and like you just reuse that one yep. shot over and over again but it is also wild to think yeah they uh rigged up a weird dragon head with a bunch of flamethrowers and shadow underneath the stairs and shot that. well because apparently they didn't have the budget because they wanted to show the full dragon uh but <laughs> they didn't have the budget to do it so they had to get around it they kind of did the jaws thing a yeah. little bit with this effect i i love it i always loved spot it's yeah. great <laughs> so like eddie then takes the tape like herman finishes recording his jam his like demo sesh and eddie mm -hmm. takes the tape back to his friend Turns out his friend is the son of Dick Willett, a disc jockey, played by Gary Owens, Space Ghost. 
Wow. Yeah. And that's why his voice sounded familiar. Yeah. yeah. And he's also the um the, the announcer from Laughing as well. Uh right. so like I when he started talking, I was like, that's fucking Gary Owens. And I immediately looked it up and I was like, Yep, because I've been watching a lot of uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast on HBO Max in the past couple days. Oh right. Yeah. I keep forgetting that's and on there. Yeah. I just laugh. It's so good. I started watching it because Earth to Ned on Disney Plus is also fantastic mm-hmm. and reminds me so much of Space Ghost. I was like, I need to go back and watch that. I got to watch that, too. I have, I just have a backlog of all the stuff I need to watch. My daughter controls the TV during the day, but at night, you know, it's like that's when we get to watch <laughs> stuff. When- but then sometimes we're just like, ah, we don't want to think. Let's just put on something we've seen a million oh, times. Yeah. Well, it's like um, I'm watching like Raised by Wolves and I like that show, but like... Mm-hmm. It, it puts me in a place. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm already so close to the edge that when I watch these, uh, these fucking movies and stuff, these like shows and stuff, it's just like, your guys like, Oh God, that was good. I but I feel awful. <laughs> like, I'm slowly watching the boys now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> slowly. Yeah. Don't push me too far. Uh, so yeah. I do like, so Gary Owens, Dick Willett. Also, Dick Willett is a wild name. Um, he's like, uh, my son, I listened to this tape back, and this this recording has an out-of-this-world type quality. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know, we'll just play it tonight, just see if anything happens. And they play it over dinner while the monsters are listening, and the world has changed. Herman is shook, he hears his voice. Yep. And this is where, all of a sudden, when the monster family says bad, they actually mean bad. Mm-hmm. because earlier they're like have a horrible day and that means have a good day but here they're all like i hate this it's awful and they mean i hate this is it's awful wait but brett don't you think because they think it's terrible which means it's actually good is why people like it and are requesting it so much yeah so that so is... then it's still opposite well but oh my god so like <laughs> they should be saying oh this is so good Oh, I love this too much. Like, but saying it the same way they say, like, oh, I hate this. Have a horrible day. Like, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are the rules here? I know it is. It's kind of just like <laughs> you just got to go with it and not think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they think that Marilyn, you know, uh, Lily's sister, niece. And, wait, sister's daughter, niece. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what's called niece. Um, yeah. Like, they think that she's ugly. Yeah. And repulsive. But, you know, she's supposed to be beautiful. Wait, but they um, think that ugly is good, don't they? So the then she'd be like, oh, she's yes. beautiful. Ugh. She's so... Right. Ugh. I wish she was homely. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like... Well, the, I think the rule is they talk like normal people, except when they really mug it to the camera. Like, at one point later on... Lily says something like, go, I hope you have a horrible day at school. And they really like underline those moments. And I think that's right. Like, it's a weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I guess <laughs> they think it's bad, but other people think it's good, which is why they're requesting it. And it's just- here's <laughs> what's funny about this is like, that's already unbelievable. Well, one, he makes a comment that is scathing to the recording industry at that time where uh he's like you don't think it's too corny because i don't think it's too corny i don't think it's corny enough yeah boom 
Fuck Ooh, you, birds. Gotcha, 60s music. Turn, turn, turn. You're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Space Ghost said so himself. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like 65 is... What Beatles album is 65? Revolver? Rubber, rubber Soul? I don't know. They released, like, 20 albums yeah. in, like, two years. So it's, um, like, that's wild. That's uh, skating and diamond. Well, but, like we were saying, also it's all the bands that were ripping off the Beatles... Those, you know, those hits are a little bit wonky. Well, I think that, like, what's funny to me about also would never happen as a radio DJ just being like, yeah, let me play it. When at that time, too, all the payola and all the politics, I mean, that never went away. But just thinking about, like, what it took to get played on the radio. Dick Willett has a lot of cachet in Munsterville because he also hosts a weekly TV show. So (laughs) right, right, maybe Dick Willett has a little bit more cachet. Uh, the next right. day, so all of a sudden, an avalanche of mail has come in because everyone heard the song and wrote a letter to the radio station. Just so when we were growing up, like uh, 1029 The Buzz had the top nine at nine, <laughs> and you would call in right. and, you know, they would play the most nine requested songs. And I remember when Oasis released Acquiesce, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get this in the top nine. And I called over. Were you ever into that, like, calling to request songs, like, trying to make them, like, letting the radio station know this song was your jam? <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. Give me one minute. I got to adjust this. It keeps falling. <laughs> uh, did I call in to request? Yes, I did. And when I found out later the truth behind requests, what? there's a really great uh, book by the drummer of Semisonic, Semisonic, sorry, uh, called, uh, you want to be a rock and I'm reading it right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm butchering the title of it, but just look up drummer from Semisonic book. Um, and he lays out basically like what the behind the scenes of like, all it took from their first album to closing time to how their second single just tanked after that. But all the politics and all the shit that goes in and how, like, basically request lines are bullshit. Ugh, Singing in My Sleep was a great song, damn it. I, I think so, too. They're a great band. Never I think You that, Mind you know, was a great song? Ugh. Yeah, they're they're an underrated band. I think they didn't. There's certain bands that we've talked about this before that don't really deserve the one hit wonder thing. They just never got the accolades they deserve. They're very talented musicians that write really great pop yeah. songs, you know. But you know, well, Dan Wilson went on to write songs for for Adele. Oh, right, yeah. Someone like you was co-written by him. Yeah, so you know, closing time to that. You're good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're fine. So everyone has written in about this Dry Bones song, including um, they're like, it is great. It's this. It's this. It's sexy. Oh wait, that was a letter from the old ladies' home. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, the old right. ladies are thirsting for this mystery singer. I oh, do. Man, you know that killed in the writers' room. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I also love they this. Had- no, I love this reference of like, um, this is, we have to find out who this guy is. He's going to be the biggest thing since Burl Ives. I know. <laughs> I just, I just always like love thinking about the writer's room of certain shows. And when certain jokes get picked, you know that there's 10 other jokes that were pitched for that one part. Yeah. And being like, this is the one we're going with. This is the one where the room just was like, yes. We, we chose this. We love this. Also, it's like, 
was Burl Ives even a running joke or like old ladies? That's the other thing. I mean, from being on sketch groups, you yeah, you would understand that in the in the month that you are workshopping a sketch show, uh, when you're going from like you're doing the draft revisions and you get it on its feet and the actors are improvising with it, and because you've heard it so many times, the jokes stop being funny, and so then the actors start yep. putting in new things to make their own the room laugh. Forgetting that we're a room of people that have heard this 12 times, the audience is going to be hearing it for the first time. And so then, yep. like, the references get piled on, the height, it gets heightened to nowhere. And then I yep. bet that happens in actual writers' rooms where they get to, like, Burrow Lives is this funny joke we've been saying to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's so, um, I, it, oh, it, there's another reference, not to move ahead here, Go but there's it. a reference later where Grandpa Munster says, with the nothing muffins where he says, <laughs> yeah, it's responsible for the Essex. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is that in reference to? So I tried to do some research on what the Essex is. And there's like a, a ship that was the Essex that sank because of a whale that attacked it. But that was like in the 1800s. And then, <laughs> but of the 60s, and this is what bothers me. In the 60s, there was an R&B group, an all black R&B group called the Essex. And I'm like hoping <laughs> that, that that's more about- not what. <laughs> Did they not he's have a good hit? Oh, weird. Yeah, that's the weird thing. All these topical references is like they can get unmoored from time, and then it's like, what? Is, what is this? What is this joke? Yeah, when you're watching like <laughs> SNL again from like the the 80s yeah. to 90s, and you're like, wait, what is this from again? Like <laughs> I'm trying to remember the the reference. And oh man, it, watch it's so, laugh it's so funny how dated. Laughing is laughing is all that laughing is like you're on a trip in like 2020 because they were so <laughs> far like nothing makes sense on multiple levels and it's great i should do yeah, a laughing i'll episode. take your word for it laughing yeah, yeah sure um so this you had to be there <laughs> this is when they play the song again later that night and the radio station says like we're putting out a wanted ad, basically. We want to know who the singer is. If you're the singer, please call in, because we, the radio station, will give you a five-year recording contract. As as it always happened back then. It's like American Idol times five. I feel like it's right. wild. And so Herman calls in, he sings over the phone, and he doesn't sound like he did. Nothing, Nothing like how he did. Yeah. <laughs> but it still works. <laughs> I know. I was like, so basically anybody could have called in and been like, yeah, that's me. That was me. By the way, I did love that phone booth. Oh, uh, yeah. And if I were if I were rich and a weirdo, yeah. or I would be a rich weirdo, that would be my phone booth corner, even it's though I guess we don't have landlines. In here. It's like a phone booth that is a casket that comes in and out of the wall. Like, it's like a yep. secret passage casket phone booth. There's a lot of layers, yep. and it's great. I mean... <laughs> Honestly, like I, I watch those, um, those Netflix shows like Amazing Interiors and like all those where it's just like, hi, I'm a crazy person that's devoted to making my entire house built out of candy, you know? Um, and right. I, I watch them with envy. I watch them with envy. I'm looking around at my office that I wish looked more like Bob Newhart's office, but I tried. Um, <clears throat> so then we get, uh, dissolved to like Herman is signed. He is booked and blessed and ready. And we come back from commercial break. Yep. Dry Bones is number three hit. He's wearing sunglasses and a beret. He's saying, go, baby, go. He's signing autographs with a feather pen. Like, the sketch is going. The game is being played. <laughs> yep. 
his, <laughs> it's gone to his head immediately. And it's been overnight, I think. Although I wonder, literally, he's signing yeah. like a stack of eight by tens. Are they photos of him? They are, and I was wondering, like, do they know, like, who is he signing it for? Is he just, he just ordered, he just happened to have a stack of headshots (laughs) (laughs) ready to go for him to sign. Again, you know, TV logic, the joke comes first, but great. (laughs) it was a little bit like, so, but do they, what I, what I didn't like about this episode is that we did not give him a chance to be seen by the public. Yeah. To have that react, you know how Adam's family usually the outside world reacts to them, and like, even in Whoa. the monsters, it's the same thing. Yeah, no, there was an episode early on where Eddie has to build a science project, and Herman goes on stage to tell everyone the science project is broken, but everyone thinks that Herman is the science project because obviously look at him, and that is the joke right. is like Eddie Muster has created this lifelike animatronic like Frankenstein android. Um, but yeah, yeah, we never get that moment. I- yeah, I feel like we got it in Lily's dream. Yeah. Uh, her, her dream sequences where she's basically just kind of setting up like, what if it's kind of a family guy type of uh, scenario, where, but it's through her dreams. Yeah. <laughs> where she's imagining him getting famous. But like, I want it. I love, by the way, I love that. I'm, I'm sorry to keep skipping ahead here, but I love that dream sequence oh, yeah. where he's on like American Bandstandish kind of <laughs> TV show. <laughs> And I, I love that aesthetic. It's, you know, like, I love that part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, where yeah. they show him on the show singing. And that's, that's what this is. And I love that he's dressed up kind of like in a Marlon Brando-ish. Yeah, he's like know, a rockabilly monster. That. It's like, um, yeah. a Jailhouse Rock kind of era Herman Munster thing. Yeah, he's he says, <laughs> yeah, ever loving punk, you know, yeah. like, I guess that's the name of the song. Ever loving punk, uh, but it, like I wanted that moment for him to do that, to go on the show that he was supposed to and have like a group of teenagers in the audience kind of reacting to the fact that like you're looking yeah. at this Frankenstein's monster. It is weird because they had the set because they shot that fantasy sequence. Yeah, why not because just see that? I, I would, would say rather like, see that. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to build the set, but it's like, no, they built the set. They built that. They had it. They, they could have done it. They- so yeah like we we are but. shown that herman is neglecting his family duties because like um uh the daughter oh my god the niece beverly helen consuelo uh, no, uh marilyn marilyn <laughs> what is that my brain yeah. just went out of my head <laughs> marilyn is like um like grandpa needs you he's downstairs working with his lightning machine what are you doing and then all of a sudden he just like Grandpa's just like shot out from the bottom, from like the ground up into the rafters. <laughs> He's just smoking. <Right. laughs> That's Al Lewis doing some stunts. I mean, he did wasn't really shot up there, but he did have to climb up on some rafters and like act that way. Oh yeah, That's like good. Yeah, apparently Fred Gwynn did a lot of his own stunts as well until he hurt his back or something oh, like God. that. Well, no wonder. I mean, like he's wearing like eighteen inch platforms and padded yeah. more than a drag queen. Like it's crazy. Um, supposedly he lost a lot of weight doing that part because he was just sweating oh, underneath that so oh, much and he had to drink what's weird is that he drank lemonade oh, to cool himself down which is such a like sounds, southern like yeah <laughs> you know, like, some sweet tea and a lemonade <laughs> right. this will get you right right Ooh, up yes, sweetie Lordy. so then we're like Herman's getting ready for, be- for bed he's plucking his unibrow because he's going on TV because you know <laughs> That sound was insane. <laughs> yeah. Him plucking his, the, the sound design on a lot of this stuff was very funny because of just like the sound, but some of it was just like, what? 
that was the elephant part for me too yeah. where it's just like why why this sound why this sound why now i like that lillian was like listen i know you're handsome and loaded with charm <laughs> that line made me laugh for some reason because it's just yeah. like so loaded with charm herman and then like herman turns to the mirror the mirror shatters of course Mm-hmm. and then lillian has her like she's worried she's like she says the titular line will success spoil yeah. herman munster she says it and then we get the which is a play on uh, uh what's the rock cuts or will, su- will success spoil rock hunter or something or wait uh, see again i got the last names wrong something like that because <laughs> rock um will i think i wrote it down let's see success spoil rock hunter yeah yeah, Rock Hunter. I said Rock Hudson. See, but Rock Hudson oh was—you know—one day, Brett, this is going to get me in big trouble. Yeah, you know, you... Uh, singer Fuller <laughs> Hudson Hunter. Oh my God! Uh, starring Jane Mansfield and Tony Randall. Oh, I thought it actually did star Rock I'm Hudson. Down so for that. Yeah, I should watch that. Is Hayden Rourke in it? Then I'll watch it. God, that's all I'm watching now. Right now <laughs> is his entire filmography. Um, but yeah, so like we get the uh, American Bandstand thing. Then we get like, well, what if what if he gets famous singing in motion pictures? And so then there's the oh, thing yeah. of him like in a tuxedo with like a frilly shirt winning an Oscar. And this is it's a really good acting from Fred Wynn because he's like, thank all the little people, but I did all this myself. And he walks away. And he does the thing where he's like holding the Oscar and he like flips it, catches it by the other end and like puts it over his shoulder and walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, in that get up, doing anything is yeah. outstanding. And like having the hand eye coordination <laughs> to like throw a statue and catch it. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fred Gwynn, just a fantastic actor outside of this. You know, I'm always going to remember him mostly from this and um, also from Pet Cemetery. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all the other stuff he's done. Isn't he? Yeah. My cousin Vinny. He's yeah. fantastic. Like just a great actor. R54. Where are you? He did that before Monsters, yes. which I've watched a little bit of. And Al uh-huh. Lewis is on that as another cop. Um, yep. Well, they the- were really tight. Yeah, they were buds, right? Yeah, they they were like making a lot of the decisions about well because when they recast Phoebe slash Lily, the wife of the show, they were kind of against it at first. But mm. then you know the 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 actor, um, oh boy, I wrote it down. Um, what's her name? Uh, Wait, Yvonne De Carlo yeah, yeah, yeah. was more of a comedic actor. Beautiful, but yeah, like uh, w- just a really good with comedic timing, and that's why they cast or recast because it's kind of like very downplayed in the pilot. Yeah, uh, she and why was they a, recast both Eddie and her. She was a huge name too. Uh, there yeah, was a, she was a movie star. Yeah, there's a you must remember this episode all about her that all the details are completely evaporating from my brain except that she was kind of a badass, like she was awesome. Uh, yeah, they. <laughs> Apparently, she was like, quote, unquote, a diva on set. And then uh, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis had a talk. Had They talked to her. And then she, I guess, uh, got in line. Whatever what, that means. Know. Probably just wanting atten- like wanting credit or like. Exactly. Any, like, that's the thing that's I like, always kind of wince at yeah. when I read stuff like that from that. Especially that. I mean, yeah. even now. Let's be honest. Yeah. Even now when people are like, oh, she's so difficult. And it's like, well, what was she really asking for? Yeah, but she, it's like um, Valerie Harper getting fired from her own show because she wanted oh a raise for the show that was a hit that she was the star of. And she held out for more right. money and they fired her and replaced her with uh, uh, 
Doris Day, I think. I can't. Sandy Duncan. Sandy Wait. Duncan, right? Yeah, yeah. Hogan went from yeah. Valerie to Valerie's family to the Hogan family. God. Yep. That's the Hogan. bullshit. I remember when that happened. I was old enough to remember when that happened, being very confused by it. Yeah, justice and for then Valerie later Harper. Just being like the Wheat Thins lady. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the third fantasy of the ladies is that Herman is going to get so popular, she's going to divorce him. That he's going to divorce her. Yep. Uh, and so she's like, wakes up the next day. She's like, we got to stop that career. He's got dreams. We need to stifle them. He's got to stay right here with us. <laughs> Brett, another indictment of uh, industry of the movie industry and its stars saying that he's changing wives as often as socks. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, man, just throwing Satire, barbs left and just right. Just like commentary. <laughs> man, monsters have everyone's number. Yeah. They are coming for you. They got the receipts. There, before there was Twitter, there was the monsters. Um, Correct. So this is when they're <laughs> you were like, "You're gonna get dragged on the monsters." <laughs> That's what everyone was worried about. Their grandpa's yeah. like, "Well, I'm gonna make him a nothing muffin." Which I again, like we were talking, I want to find out what brain path they had to travel to get to nothing muffin. <laughs> what were the first drafts did nothing muffin come out fully formed i just i love that phrase and it made me want a muffin i know (laughs) it did too yeah me too even though it looked like a gross brand muffin it really did or like like, at one point it looked like play-doh or uh, some kind of weird nerf ball (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lily's like i I, no i guarantee what that you know the 60s uh, you're writing for TV, baby, Brett, 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 Brett. You know, you're smoking the grass. Oh, yeah, you're Maybe like... Maybe even just a little bit of the white powder. You're, you're skiing the slopes. Gotta Maybe go, gotta at go, that go, time. Go. We're making 38 episodes yeah, this year. Gotta turn it around. That's right. They're <laughs> going down to the village and, you know, they're going to the the lantern and they're, you know, they're they're shooting up heroin and they're coming up with these nothing muffin ideas for sure. I mean, sure. nothing muffin could have been the name of a strain of something. Like... It's like, we'll put it in. It's like a reference, man. Who knows? Right, yeah. Hey, man, you know that strain of LSD we did the other day? (laughs) Nothing muffin. (laughs) The acid acid tab, nothing muffins. (laughs) But Lily's like, Herman is on a diet because he's trying to lose weight because he's going to be popular now. So we have to figure out some way to get him to eat this muffin. And so (laughs) this made me genuinely laugh out loud because if you... I feel like <laughs> if you asked me to name 10 ways to make him eat this muffin, I don't think I would have come up with this one. But like that definitely is on the bottom of like pitches. It's like, I don't I'd know. Like, I don't know. Let's stuff it in a cannon. And then <laughs> when he sings, he opens his mouth. We shoot it directly into his mouth through the window, the window into his mouth. And the way like it happens so fast, they're like, now and they cut to it, like shove it in the cannon. Bam. Like, blah. and then as soon as it goes in his mouth. It immediately turns his voice into helium, like he's chipmunksing it out all of a sudden. Which, what one, I love that type of edit. It's a Three Stooges edit. It's a Hal Roach edit, you know, where yeah. like back in the day when they have to do a effect shot like that, they would just reverse the shot or they do something that makes it feel very weird and stilted. And yeah. I love when those edits happen especially in today's uh entertainment because it's obviously a nod to that type of stuff and the canon films that i was talking about in the 80s they do it and they did not mean to be tongue-in-cheek about it that's just a necessity but um i what's funny about that to me is at that time the chipmunks were popular yeah yeah so then it just would have been he just would have been popular (laughs) even more it's like oh man he's got the chipmunks version of dry bones this is great (laughs) so 
immediately Herman is like, I have to cancel. He does his jumping up and down thing because that's his like trademark, yeah. you know, but he's doing it with a helium Man voice. Child. And it is, it's really weird. It's really weird watching a giant Frankenstein jump up and down like a baby and talk in a helium voice, which is, I don't know. I will say, I don't remember seeing this episode as a kid, but I will say that thinking about four-year-old me sitting at home watching, you know, the, you know, during the day, Channel 39 after Green Acres and the Munsters come on and seeing that scene where he's got the chipmunk voice and jumping up and down. Little Frank would have lost his shit. <laughs> Hi, of uh, comedy. I mean, I was obsessed with the monsters as a kid because when we were kids is when they would do the reunion movies too. Didn't they did a reunion movie? Yeah. Did Fred win? No, he didn't come back for the reunion movies. Wasn't I it? Can't remember. Wasn't it the grandpa from uh, um, Gilmore Girls? Didn't he play Fred Monster uh, at one point? Oh, Edward Herman did he? he- I think you're right. I don't know for a fact, so I'm just going to pretend like I have any kind of knowledge on it and, you know, do what most people do and speak confidently like I do. So, yes. But I remember when they would do those monsters. Oh, there's also this really great joke in the Generation X TV movie from 1996 based on the Marvel comic. (laughs) I remember that. Where... All the Gen X kids get arrested, and then when Banshee and Emma Frost show up to bail them out, they're like, well, this guy, Eddie Money, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Munster. <laughs> like, they've all given them fake Eddie names. That's always stuck in my head. So, Brett, what a wild time. Have you done that uh, yet on this show? I would do a bonus episode about the Generation X TV movie. You have to, man. I remember vividly being so excited for that, and it was during Mardi Gras because yes. uh, Jim Belushi was hosting the the Mardi Gras Fox yes. festivities, and it was a big deal. <laughs> I remember a big that deal when it came on. I remember Dude, that. I and being so disappointed because you know there's budgetary limitations. I, and just, I am such a pure heart. I was just like that was perfect. I loved every minute of that. They got everything right. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. I remember because right. I, I recorded it on VHS tape. I drew my own cover, made it out of poster board. So I had a cover, took mm-hmm. it to East Tennessee, showed it to my cousins. We all had to watch it. L- loved every minute. Um, and now I now I've gone back and look at, looked at screenshots. And like the first time you meet Banshee, Banshee is shirtless a whole lot. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. lounging on a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace. And I'm like, man, this movie <laughs> really did a number on me, maybe. Um, right. <laughs> so Herman is <laughs> Herman is freaking out. And then Lily is just like, listen, I promised to buy you a new guitar. You smashed your other one. It's all going to be good. Crisis averted. Everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> then That <laughs> is so bullshit to me. Because it's like you couldn't just tell him what Marilyn lays out for him of like why they did what they did. And Herman is like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You could have done that before you threw a shot, a muffin from a cannon into his (laughs) His mouth, mouth, ruining his dreams. You could have just said, hey, guess what? You're being an asshole. Nobody decided to talk to him and say, dad or, you know, Herman, you're you're being a monster. I mean, more of a monster. You need to be a monster, Uh, not a monster. Yeah. Yeah, be a monster because it's fun and a monster. It's a monster. Be a monster, not a monster. And he would have been like, cool, I'm going to chill out, but I'm still going to follow this dream. I'm going to be like this, like maybe once in a while be an asshole like Neil Young, but then also still create and be a good person. Uh, Or he would have gone on TV. Everyone would have been like, oh, this is a gimmick record. Like we liked Monster Mash last year. Boo. Like. That's where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. That's where I thought the episode was going to go, where it's like he's going to people are going to see what he actually looks like or it's going to be a kitsch thing that just like immediately 
gets out of the cycle like yeah. usually you know uh novelty songs do yeah like oh he looks like a frankenstein oh cool well we don't want to hear what else you have to say like that's what yeah. it should but you know what i guess kudos to the monsters for doing a thing that i could not predict which is a dream ruined by muffin cannon <laughs> right yeah so yeah i mean i just think that like you know people would move on to purple people eater you know yeah, it's like very quickly <laughs> yeah so the end of the last scene of the episode is all of them sitting him down explaining to him that they didn't want to have a freak for a father a free you know a talented musician freak uh and yeah herman agrees to quit and then they all thank him by taking bite of nothing muffins and singing for easy jelly good fellow as the chipmunks again i would have laughed my ass off as a kid at that because it's so funny oh, with man. the chipmunk voice when i but... had oh yeah <clears throat> i had I was a... just like this is how it's ending yeah this is it that's it <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I had one of those like little tape recorders that you could actually control the speed with. And so I would obsessed with the chipmunks. And so I would record the VH1 top 10 every Saturday morning and then create chipmunk versions of like, where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and, like, I've done that too. and like one of us <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> like, truly. That's so funny. <laughs> I literally have done the same exact thing. It's just like, yeah, this is the Chipettes. They're covering Paula Cole. Because, like, honestly, like, in the 80s, they would release chipmunkified versions of popular songs. Kind of like how right, we have Kids Bop now. Back then, they would just do chipmunks. But it's more fun to do what we did because, especially with that song, it was particularly great to do the sped up version because of the do 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 do. Like it was like so Yeah, because of her low singing whisper voice, also is very funny to hear in a chipmunk voice sped up. Ugh, good. You know what? I guess I guess I understand why Eddie was playing with a tape recorder because tape recorders are fun. They're fun. They're fun. Good fun. Uh, are you yeah. ready for some must-have facts about this episode? Yeah, let's do it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So the ratings for this, I have no idea because the Monsters was not in the top 
anything of this TV season because, as we've talked about, it was on the way out. It was getting beaten by Batman in the mm. ratings. Things were not going good. Um, for that week of TV, the top five shows that week were number five was My Three Sons. Number four okay. was Gomer Pyle USMC. <clears throat> number is that a spinoff? Yeah, that's the um, Andy Griffith spinoff that Jim oh. Neighbors starred in. Yeah. Wait, I, but that's not the Gomer Pyle. That's not the. Wait, that's the main show. Yeah, there was Andy Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Gomer Pyle USMC was the full name of the Gomer Pyle show. Okay, yeah, I yeah. always just remembered it as Gomer Pyle, so maybe that's why I was confused. Well, I think if you're going to say it, you're probably going to chop off the USMC. That's a that's a that's weird why, yeah, that's okay. a weird mouthful. That's why I was confused. <laughs> I didn't know if there was like a spinoff of that, you know, the main one. But oh yeah, yeah cool. it's just like it's like Archie Bunker, just so many spinoffs of the Gomer, Gomer Pyle verse. Uh, number three yeah. was Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Number two was the debut of a Charlie Brown Christmas. Nice. And number one was Bonanza, but. That's crazy to think that this episode of the Munsters aired the same week that a Charlie Brown Christmas debuted. <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> yeah, just imagining that as a kid tuning in and being like, "Man, that episode of the Munsters was pretty crazy." Anyway, here's a Stone Cold classic yeah, for the like, rest of time. The thing that yeah, <laughs> that also was like truly a uh, a wild half hour of television because it is serious. Uh, it has a downer vibe to it. It's all about being depressed at Christmas. Like it is, it goes places. It's that's why I still love yeah. it. Even you know the they recite Bible verses in it. <laughs> like it's it's I know it goes all over. That's the place. one of those things. That's the craziest to me that I love that special so much, and it holds such a special place in my heart. And we've shown it to our daughter, and um, I it, it's you always forget about that Bible verse, and for some reason. Anything else, I would have been like, oh, man, no, fuck this. You know, like, <laughs> but sorry, uh, anybody listening who hopefully it doesn't offend you when I'm saying that. But at the same time, it's just for me, who's not a very religious person. Yeah. But like it works for the context of the it's the show and it doesn't feel too, too heavy. No, it, it's I don't the know. only is such a beautiful. I mean, like literally, Charlie is like, what is Christmas all about? And Linus is like, well, literally, this is what it is about is this yeah. after we took it from the pagans, et cetera, et cetera. But still, you know, it, it, <laughs> it is, it is that, and it is done with such earnest. It is. I mean, listeners know from listening to Christmas episodes of this podcast is I am all about sincerity. I really like doing yep. bits. I'm all about sincerity. Tell me the truth. Let's get honest. And Christmas, I want it to be as sincere as possible. And that moment is like, that is a sincere as hell. It's a painfully sincere special. Um, yeah, it's so raw and it's so good. Unlike this episode of the Musters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just just give me more of Herman Munster performing on those American Bandstand type of shows. That was sincere. That was sincerely great. Yeah, the, um, I want that. Just give me that. Or even like, but that the sincere moment was Marilyn telling him about how he was out of control. Yeah, it's like well. I don't know. Didn't whatever. Do We're giving notes Ugh. to a show that like, it's like fifty years old, sixty years old. The CBS yeah. Thursday night lineup though was the Munster started off, then Gilligan's Island, then My Three Sons, and then the CBS Thursday night movie. And you kind of see why the Munsters was canceled because Gilligan's Island and My Three Sons were in the top five, and Munsters yeah. wasn't even in the top twenty. Like, oof. Yeah, Ugh. that's bad news for your TV show. 
Because that's back when, like, Nielsen, like, actually meant something. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and there were only, like, 40 shows on the air. So it's like, why aren't yeah. you guys cutting it? What happened? <laughs> like, that's... I think people, they just didn't have that aesthetic yet. I think, like, people didn't want... They liked weird shows. I don't know. Was Bewitched and I Dream of Genie were they popular shows? Uh, Bewitched was. Bewitched ran for like eight or nine seasons. Genie lasted five. It was. I've now become a Genie expert. It was never a yeah. hit. Hit. The critics always hated it, but it always like it always skated by. It was always renewed very narrowly, and a lot of the times... Always on the bubble. Yeah, and a lot of times Sidney Sheldon and the people behind the scenes would host, like, letter-writing campaigns and stuff just to really throw it in the network space of, like, people are watching, people specifically like us, like... um, and So, yeah, so, like, it, it was more of a hit, but Bewitched was a super hit. Yeah, it just, I feel like people maybe just weren't... They didn't want a super... A, a, a supernatural family sitcom for yeah. both Adam's family and the Munsters, but it still inspired so many people. It, 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 it even though it wasn't popular, there was a certain demographic yeah. of TV viewers that then grew up. Like you got the whole Rob zombie aesthetic, you know, yeah. Dragula, you know, like uh, the reruns, the Lily Munster both stuff. of these shows going into reruns and lasting in syndication for nonstop. There is an Adam's family channel on Pluto right now. Like it's yeah. still a vital, uh genre <laughs> like vibe today so they really tapped into something that didn't go away even though new episodes definitely went away <laughs> i'm a fan of like high concept sitcoms and tv shows and it's just a shame that like luckily you have streaming services now who can take chances on shows like that but it still just doesn't have that appeal and it's just always so feels so special yeah with shows like this where it's like no this is for me and people like a- me and i'm happy this got made because it's impossible to get anything made at all yeah it's a miracle that anything gets made and it's it's one of those things where it's like for something for a good movie or a good tv show to happen a million things have to go right and for a bad tv show or movie to happen only one thing has to go wrong (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of things went right for the monsters you know really did for a while well no in the long they they never made like a big budget movie no no they well no they did they did monsters go home in the 60s which aired either between seasons one or two or right after two i can't remember but like but i mean for theatrical release no it was that was in theaters but it um but like that was also the 60s so like and it hasn't right it hasn't become a touchstone like i've never seen it i don't know where you can watch it um kind of surprised it hasn't become like an anime like they did with adam's family recently but like i didn't see that movie did you see the the movie Yeah, i I liked the adam's family cartoon movie it was not great but i mean i don't know i also i saw it for free as part of a press event that was right before going to uh the press people had turned a brownstone in brooklyn into the adam's family house and had hired actors to play as the adam's family and they had like you would go on tours and like they had done up all the stuff and their gomez was not up to my standards. Oh, Brad. When it was really uh, hurt <laughs> since I, I am right here. But whatever. Um, on IMDb, 99 randos rated this episode an 8.1 out of 10. <laughs> Would you go higher or lower okay. than an 8.1 for this? <laughs> I would say, based off of what I remember for the Munsters, my rating would be probably a five or a six. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe a four. Maybe that's <laughs> I'm being too generous. I, so I've seen 
Uh, I'm watching Monsters from the beginning right now, and I'm actually shocked at how funny the early episodes are. Like, I'm like, oh, there are actually, mm-hmm. like, some fun, smart stuff in here. So, yeah, I think I would give this episode, like, a 6.5. I don't know. The shot of her and Monster in the beret and sunglasses really got me. And also the muffin cannon. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it is really kind of lazy, but it's also, it's some fun. <laughs> I mean, the episode plot in general, the premise of the episode is done in every single sitcom oh, yeah. over since the beginning of time where somebody in the cast gets a little taste of fame and yeah. it goes to their head and they end up being a complete jerk and then they learn their lesson by the end. It's just every single sitcom from <laughs> the beginning to eternity, you know, for as long as sitcoms will exist, will have this plot. Yeah. I mean, Eddie um, on uh, Family Matters almost became a backup singer for Shanice. And he almost decided right. to drop out of high school to go on tour with Shanice because she liked to smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, who had the must-see performance of this episode? Huh. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously Herman. Yeah, it's kind of... There's no content. I all... Like, Grandpa's very... Grandpa's generally very good. He's great. Al Lewis is a legend. Um, this is not a... Yeah. This is not a Grandpa episode. This is a Herman episode. It's not. Even though he blows himself up and controls <laughs> the weather, it's just not working. Yeah. And, like, Eddie doesn't do anything. Marilyn, they rarely give her to do anything to do. Nothing. Yeah. I'll, she just kind of supplies the, she the is, summa- sum- summary at the she's end. She's there and for then, exposition and being pretty. Runner-up would be Lily, for sure, just for the dream sequence alone. Yeah. She gets a nice little bit of solo business there. But, yeah. Uh, must other people see this episode? Um, I mean, is this a good intro to the monsters? Probably not. No, but I do think it's one of those like interesting episodes of the time. I don't know. Not even that. You know what? I don't think so, because I would say just for the American bandstand type of scene and uh, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's really the best representation of the monsters. Actually, no. Now I think about it. No. Now I think you can actually probably just go on Peacock, subscribe to Peacock, and I am not sponsored by <laughs> literally anything. No, not Peacock. At I least. have the free version. Does the monsters on the free version? Yep, it's on the free version. Okay, good. Yeah, go for it, people. Uh, yeah, yeah you can start from the beginning, and there's some really funny ones right up top. Um, and this one is also it's fun. I also noted uh, the Monsters has an official YouTube page where they upload oh. like 10 minute chunks of random episodes. Like here is a yeah. scene um, and it has a check mark and everything. And it's like they, they do that. And it's like current. It's doing it right now. So I don't know. Part of me wonders like how cool or interesting of a gig would it be to be the like modern brand like strategist for a show like the Monsters? I guarantee they're not paying them anything no. or enough. No. And it's, <laughs> it's probably, probably some. Yeah, it's probably like part of like the universal like PR team and like an intern is assigned it. They also have a bajillion other shows. But man, like. Absolutely. It'd be really fun to like. My job is coming up. How to make the monsters relevant to today. <laughs> right. Ugh. Love that it. would be that would be that would be kind of a fun challenge to be like, how do I get audiences of today? to be into the monsters yeah. and get followers and get like are the monsters tweeting during like news events like do they have a twitter page uh, where it's like they do like kind of the brand well, stuff that <laughs> you know that that viral tr- that viral clip that went that went viral back in june of herman munster telling eddie 
You know, like, we shouldn't see color. I'm green. You're blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not about the color. It's about what's inside. Like, that that, that went yeah. viral as if, like, Herman Munster is a, you know, an expert on race relations. And it's just like, <laughs> right. Jesus Christ, can we maybe retweet some black people talking about this instead of Herman right. Munster? It's, <laughs> like, <and laughs> it's that whole misguided thing of like, I don't see color. It's and it's like, like you're missing. That's the problem is that. That's you're, a, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and people acting that like Herman Munster just solved race relations in 2020. And it's like, oh my God, like I can't. Yeah, man. Herman Munster is the, the wokest monster. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly what people were tweeting. So like in a way they did figure out how to make the monsters relevant in 2020, but probably not the way that those um, PR people wanted. Like they probably didn't want Herman to be at the center of that conversation. That's the kind of meme that just makes people feel good about themselves. And then they just call it a day. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I've always liked the monsters. Monsters isn't racist? Yeah. I'm not racist. Done. <laughs> Done. Now back to not <laughs> I will do talking nothing about else. Now back to not talking about my kid being gay. Like right. back to ignoring <laughs> everything else. I've done my good deed. Um anyway. They're like, anyway, have you heard about 5G? Oh boy. Hey oh, whoa. Thank you so much, Frank, for popping in. Yeah. Uh where can people no, find you on the you. internet and find all of your uh projects, etc.? If you want to run through yeah uh so strap in uh, it's gonna be a while <laughs> go no. for uh, it my 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 personal handle on instagram and twitter is at frank garcia hell h-e-j-l that's how you spell my last name um and like i said before i co-host the canon canon we talk about the films of canon films that second canon is only one in mm-hmm. as in you know canon yeah. you know you get it <laughs> um and my other podcast that i co-host with pat o'brien the smashing pump cast uh is uh well you can look it up i mean because there's two different handles on instagram and twitter um but the way you spell it is smashing pump cast but cast is spelled k-a-s-t hell yeah yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you subscribe to the horror, horror app shutter, uh, you can see a movie that I am a part of. It's a horror anthology comedy, uh, with very various directors and Noah Segan, uh, who you might know from Knives Out oh, and yeah. every Ryan Johnson movie yeah. ever. Um, <laughs> he directed a segment that we both co-wrote and co-star in. Hell yeah. Uh, called Mr. where it's, uh, it's a commentary on toxic masculinity, but using uh, werewolves. Uh, it's <laughs> smart. It was super fun to yeah. shoot. Yeah, <laughs> That's it, accurate. Uh, there's there's cults. There's werewolves. There's a, a vampire uh, played by Jonathan from Fernandez. So it's yes. like, yes, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, but you can check that out on Shutter. It's called Scare Package, and I believe it's coming out on Blu-ray in October. Oh hell yeah! And you can get that. Uh, but yeah, that's. That's uh, that's me. That's where you can find me. And I trying to think if I have anything else upcoming. I wrote for a couple of episodes for the Quibi show, um, uh, your daily horoscope, but that's not coming out until December. Or at least my episodes aren't. And uh, yeah, so many streaming just, services. Know, I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to work, man. I got a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please. I got a kid. Hire me. Please. <laughs> Fix the world. Get us a universal basic income. Jesus. 
Like, right. rent forgiveness, what's going on? Ugh. And anyway, that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Frank Garcia Hale for dropping by talking about the monsters with me. Next time I'll be discussing I don't know what, because I'm still figuring it out, but the 100th episode is coming. I know what it is. Y'all don't know what it is yet, but your minds are going to be blown. Until then, I want to hear from you. I know you. what it you, is. Yeah, and your mind was blown. And your mind is going to be blown. <laughs> Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram, and let's talk about sitcoms. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com, including that Monsters v. Adams Family piece from last year. You can, I don't know, Google that and find it. Uh, thanks again to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening. And I will see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.